0: Unlike the San Jose Sharks, if someone hit you in the spleen, dude, I would stick up for you.
1: Thanks, dude. You're welcome. I appreciate that. Hey,
0: let's hear it for the boys (laughs) who don't have each other's backs. Hey. (laughs) Yeah. Way to go, boys. Dude, we've got a a few games to talk about. We got the uh, Carlson-less Ducks game. From yep. uh Monday night. And then we have the Saturday embarrassment against the Vegas Golden Knights. And then dude, I think did we talk uh I think we did we talked during the the, the comeback shootout win against the Kings, but we did not talk about the embarrassment loss against the Kings. No, we didn't. So not. we've got uh some real lows and then uh a mountain high.
1: <laughs> we got a, a hill that the Sharks went on top of. But
0: <laughs> Sure, dude. Uh, we'll take it. Uh, a regulation win. It hard was, to come by these days.
1: It was funny how we were joking about the inevitable second period collapse when we were recording during uh, the Kings game on the ninth, And sure enough, the Kings took the lead in fairly short order.
0: <laughs> it happens. Yeah. I mean, that is a disturbing trend. Uh, No question. Although that did not rear its head on Monday night against the Ducks, uh, the Sharks are horrific in the second period. I mean, they're just so, so bad, Um, which, you know, obviously speaks to some bigger issues that this team seems to have uh, both on and off the ice that we'll get into. uh, You know, dude, where do you want to start? I mean, we've we've got uh, got so much, so much to talk
1: about. We do. Do we, want, do we want to enjoy the victory, only the second regulation victory of the season? Sure. And relish yeah. that? Start, or do we want to come start. to that at the end no, and no. get the let's negative stuff some, out of the way?
0: Let's start with some positivity here. Uh, the Sharks win against the Ducks. Okay, let's move on. All right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sharks win, dude. Sharks win. And um, they win without Rodim Shumik. They win without Eric Carlson. We jokingly. Uh, traded uh, messages uh, before the game that, of course, the Sharks would win without Eric Carlson, and we were born to be accurate. That's right. Uh, The Sharks uh, winning without Eric Carlson, uh, despite a terrible start, I mean, like, you know, giving up. I mean, Mario Ferrar, who who I am a a big fan of, you know, got completely undressed uh, in the first minute of the game, and then you just sort of went Uh uh-oh, like, this is going to be bad, you know. And uh, the Sharks, they hung in there. They fought back, and they won that game. Um, And it was a a good overall effort, dude, wouldn't you say?
1: I would say that. And, you know, and the guys who were filling in the third pairing who – you know, got pretty low minutes. They got nine and 10 minutes respectively for Clayson and molosh which is not a lot of minutes for a defenseman. I thought they were fine. They were just fine. I mean, are you going to mistake them for, you know, a high-end freewheeling defenseman? No, you're not. But I didn't feel like they were obvious. Uh, uh, Did they prop, make prop. any, yeah.
0: Did they make any mistakes? No, I mean, they None were. None that were noticeable, right? I right. mean, I think... When you compare it against the person that was not in the lineup that is making multiple mistakes on a nightly basis and then cashing a large check, I mean, like, I certainly did not mind. Now, does that speak to bigger issues that, you know, Bob Bugner trusts these guys so little that they are playing nine and ten minutes? I mean, perhaps. Um, The Sharks have definitely have depth issues. He also doesn't know these guys at all, right? Right. I mean, like, you know, Clayson, that's his first game probably around Bugner, period, right? This guy just, you know, came to the organization. And Malosh, you know, was in the minors all year, and Bugner probably has very limited contact with that guy. So, you know, all things considered – Uh, I mean funny enough I thought this was Mark Edward Vlasic's best game of the season by far like I mean and I don't know what that says I don't know what to do with that like I'm not sure where to go with this where you're you, you see those three Burns Vlasic especially I thought played almost like they've been liberated and it's just Uh, Maybe I'm reading too much into it because I have just such strong feelings about this topic. Right. But I mean, I don't know. It's hard not to notice that, that, you know, the Sharks seemed, no, they barely beat a terrible team, right? This is true. But they did. (laughs) Uh, And, you know, Two points is two points, and it's certainly more than what they did the last time they played, where they just kept giving each other points, right? So, positive. I mean, a positive in a season where there hasn't been a lot of positive.
1: That's true, and Carlson is out. And at first, I admit, uh, you know, he didn't play the latter half of the game before um, before this, and and Bugner said, "Oh, he's injured." And I have to admit, it occurred to me that Bugner maybe was saying that as a bit of a smokescreen to cover up the fact that Eric Carlson was benched. But now it seems like new information may have come to light where Carlson is, in fact, injured. And I I think I saw a tweet, which is, of course, always the be-all, end-all source of all things true on the Internet, Um but I think it was from Shengpeng, and and he reported that Hurdle may have slipped and said something like, yeah, those groin things can be tough, uh, basically implying that Carlson may have re-injured his groin. So I don't know what to make of that. That could have been, uh, you know, this could be not the correct interpretation of that comment. This could have no merit at all. Wow. Either. But if that's the case, then... Um, You know, it might be a minor thing that he'll come back from, but obviously it doesn't bode well considering he, you know, had that issue even when he joined the Sharks years ago. And if that uh, issue is not yet resolved... um, Or does it bode well? It's not... I was going to say
0: that um, a little LTIR and possible retirement doesn't sound too
1: bad to (laughs) me. Oh, man. You're going (laughs) there already, are you?
0: Dude, I just... But do I... But do I do you but do I I'm not sure neither am Uh, I to be honest dude well I mean why would any of us be excited uh, about you know uh, having him back at this point but anyways um, yes I I did not see that but Peng is a good uh, source so uh, if Hurdle said it that's a major slip And that's not good. Now, I mean, I read that Buchner was saying that he hoped Carlson was going to play tomorrow. So uh, we'll see. Uh, In that uh, quote, he also pulled, I guess, well, I wouldn't say pulled no punches, but he did say that uh, we need Eric Carlson back and we need him to be better. He needs to be better. And, uh, you know, basically criticizing him in this moment for not being good enough. And uh, thank you. Like it's time that somebody says something uh, about it. And um, I'm s- bummed that he's hurt, but I kind of wished that he had been benched because I think this team needs a message. Now maybe that kind of message isn't going to get across to this team because certainly sticking up for your teammates in the Vegas game didn't get across to them, dude. If we segue into that, yeah, it, the, the March or so hit on Shimmick um bore out no response from the San Jose Sharks, and Bob Bugner did not hide his displeasure in that.
1: Yeah, it seems odd that Eric Carlson seemed perfectly willing to address his own grievances against Ryan Reeves, but was not willing to address the real grievances that Shimmick had, who left the game and is still out. Um it's yeah, that is that is a troubling fact. Uh the fact that Nothing really happened um, to that, and I don't really understand why. I mean, if you look at that replay, I don't see how you could possibly call that a clean hit. I mean, it was a, a cross-check to a, a player that was vulnerable, and it was a cross-check to a place where every hockey player, even a rec league hockey player, knows there's not a lot of padding in that particular part of your body, Right it's not like you're wearing a flak jacket there under your jersey that's a that's a spot where you have little to no padding at all and he took a hit and didn't return to the game and this was not the joe pavelski uh response right against vegas it was the furthest thing from it right it was the sharks seemed to say huh how about that and just kind of kept on going Frankly, I thought they played okay in general in the Vegas game. Vegas was clearly the better team for the game, but the Sharks sort of held with them. The fact that they gave up all, all the goals on power play obviously doesn't look great, but I think they certainly played better in that game than they did against that blowout versus the Kings.
0: Yeah, I guess so. I mean, uh, the the whole Shimmick thing just overshadows the entire performance for me. And the other thing that before we get back to Shimmick, that really I found to be very disturbing was when you watch the Vegas power play under Steve Spott, who got a lot of criticism from me, from uh, his coaching job in San Jose, and then you watch how fast, how crisp, how effective that power play is. It just makes you go, hmm. (laughs) Where, Where was that? It makes you go, hmm. So really, like, same coach, different players, different result. So you go, wait a second. So if this is the same system, and you've got one group of guys just either incapable or unwilling to do it, and you've got another group that is doing it beautifully, and they filleted us three times with it, it, that was so upsetting, like, to see that in action and go wait a second like we have we have the same top end talent that that team does there's no excuse for it like why couldn't they do that and you know it goes down to player execution at that point that's exactly what your response was to me personnel right Yep. and that's disturbing to me
1: I was also slightly disturbed, now that we're going to talk about disturbing things, about the Sharks really seemed... I mean, they really gave Pete DeBoer, like, innovation. <laughs> I thought that was a little weird. Like, you're playing this team that you dislike, you don't have a very friendly history with, certainly there's individual grievances between the players, and Pete DeBoer is there, and you're playing this team, and like... Everyone gives Pete DeBoer like a huge stick tap. It's not like he was there for like thirty years, like Toe Blake or something. Like, <laughs> like he was there for like three or four years. I understand he knew them, but that, I I don't know. I just thought that was a little strange. Am I, am I just? Is this just like no. oh that's just business no, and that's dude, how this no, goes? This I
0: know. I mean, I I <laughs> it kind of it just creeps back into this bigger picture character question that we have with this team that. The the shimmick thing we should be disturbed by that the reaction to deboer in the middle of a game where they should be out for the golden knights blood like they were clearly out for ours uh, is disturbing right like kevin kerr's he's been on fire this year really and yeah. he's been he's been so um you know his writing ever since he joined the athletics has just been really outstanding i think he's doing such a good job it's really freed him up to kind of be uh With his writing style and even just to be more uh, brutally honest, instead of having to kind of toe that, you know, line of, you know, uh, being a a team player. Right. And his article today about the shimmick hit and the uh, comments he got from Matthew Barnaby noted NHL tough guy and analysts were just eye opening right yeah uh you know Kerr's writing this the sharks highest paid players are in decline and they don't have any chemistry on or off the ice that is the sentence yeah that sticks out to me as holy crap like that is sort of what's been tap danced around by other people including Elliot Friedman, probably the best insider nationally in the game, that this team has some issues. Like fundamental
1: foundational issues.
0: Issues at its core. And, you know, it's probably unfair that I'm throwing it all at Eric Eric Carlson's feet, but he is the new kid in the room and everything seems to have gone in the toilet since he showed up. Right, so- and
1: and to be perfectly honest, right, it's the it's the easiest proxy because directly because of that signing, the Sharks did not retain Joe Pavelski. I don't think anybody could possibly argue that's why that decision was made. You can't keep Pavelski and Carlson both. The Sharks made the decision, okay, we're gonna keep Eric Carlson. He's younger, he's closer to his prime. Um, this is a guy that at least at the time looked like he was gonna have Many more high-profile years in the league, and as it turns out, reality had a different story to tell. Where Joe Pavelski is outscoring everybody <laughs> on the Sharks, he is killing it. And certainly, yeah. with with the benefit of hindsight, that seems to be a terrible trade-off because Pavelski not only provided the point support as he is still providing in Dallas, but he also provided this cultural benefit that the Sharks seem to be so sorely lacking. And when one of their, honestly, a, a highly respected player in, and Radim Shimic maybe not a, a headline player, but certainly you look at like the record of the Sharks when he was in and out of the lineup over the last couple of years, it's jaw dropping how much better the Sharks perform with him in the lineup. He gets knocked out and nothing happens. I, I don't even know what that means. I don't even know what that's about, but it whatever it is is not positive let's put it that way
0: yeah uh i mean going back to the Kerr's article with matthew barnaby saying you shouldn't have to have a coach tell you that you need to do that like that you're not even that you know i know who was on the ice of course our favorite eric carlson hurdle who's come out and said i blew it like i i I blew it i should have you know i should have done something right uh But you shouldn't have to, your coach shouldn't have to say, come on, guys, can you have each other's backs, please? Because, like, that tells you everything, that if they aren't willing to do it, then there's something, like you said, at the core, fundamentally wrong here. Um, You know, like Barnaby also said, it's not the identity of this team, it's just not in their DNA. And that's a problem. (laughs) It's a problem, dude. And, and it's, it's it, you know, uh, I hope that maybe we will see uh, a shift. Uh, we've heard about the shark's code, which I call BS on. <laughs> I think that that sounds good, but clearly no one has bought into that. And, um, you know, we'll see if they can somehow manufacture some sort of uh, brotherhood here.
1: Yeah. That's the the big question. Is this something that is irrevocably broken? Is this something that needs to be woken up? Is this something that needs a slightly different ingredient as opposed to a complete teardown? You see these things happen in other teams where a piece gets added and it seems like you have a whole new team. Is that possible with the Sharks? Who knows? Time will tell, but... Um, At least right now, it doesn't appear to be Nicholas Melosh, but you never, ever know. <laughs> you never know. I mean, I, sure.
0: there was a different discu- discussion about another team that's on the other coast that is also um, uh, disappointing uh, and probably even a bigger disappointment than the Sharks, and that's the Nashville Predators in that, you know, they are really not playing well, and they have a very – expensive and talented roster and uh very very disappointing and it also a lot of their problems start at the back where their goaltending has been really poor uh and you look at a team like that and i don't think that this is a good idea but i'm just saying that you may need to try and address uh finding making some sort of significant change to try and change the uh Structure and mojo of this team right and it may involve trading somebody who isn't necessarily part of the problem but they're not part of the solution right yeah it, you if you look at it and you go well you know what happens if you you swap you know hurdle for ryan johansson like what does that do you know, does right. that jumpstart both teams? Does there Are they able to blossom in new environments? Again, I'm going to be clear. I'm not suggesting that as a trade. I'm giving that as an example to the listeners before sure. we get any comments on that. But, you know, that's the type of thing that now, if this continues to be an issue chemistry-wise, you know, you're locked in with some of these guys. There's nothing you can do about it,
1: Yeah. right? Yeah. Like,
0: just nothing, nowhere to go. But if you want to try and change something, you know, you, you know, you're going to need to look in other areas at other people who are not living up to expectations and see if some sort of new injection. But they really need something.
1: You mean like they did with Evander Kane?
0: <laughs> I mean, Evander Kane is uh, was a gamble, uh, pun achieved, and. <laughs> um, you know uh, I was a little late to that, but
1: I when I got uh, it, it was that much better.
0: Initially, that seemed like a strong pickup, right? Yeah. Evander yeah. Kane is an effective NHL power forward who has been through now uh three organizations, and we understand why. <laughs> because he is uh, has little control over his uh, ability to take penalties in, in you know in a useful way, and he's not a very consistent scorer, and he has a, a large lot of personal issues, and you know it's just so interesting. When did the Sharks get away from something that they used to be so? adamant about which was character like i mean like that just was such a calling card right of this team for years right and that seems to have been uh taken a back seat for talent projection and right now the sharks appear to have gotten it wrong now right. we're five game win streak away from eating our words, of right? Course. And we gladly will. But right now, it is still. I mean, it, I can stomach it if they're if they're playing hard, and if they're out there just battling and getting and losing, right? But when you watch one of your your heart and soul guys go down, like on an unnecessary hit. And you do nothing the whole rest of the game, not even on that shift, but nothing. Other than just try and settle some sort of personal score against Riley Smith, like that was, you know, yeah, such a misguided uh, effort. And you knew that Ryan Reeves was going to get him going in the wrong direction, sure, right? Sure. It's like, it, Ryan Reeves thinks it's funny. Like I mean, like they 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 love it.
1: And every time he takes Kane off the ice, it's a good trade. Like yeah, you, you he trade he Reeves for it. Kane
0: all day. Right. It's challenging, right? Yeah, it it's is. Challenging. I mean as as we look ahead here, dude, uh the Sharks will be playing the St. Louis Blues uh for, for two games in a row, which uh St. Louis, I'm sure, is relieved to be playing anybody but the Arizona Coyotes at this point. <laughs> uh have uh, played seven straight games against the Arizona Coyotes. So uh, the, the Sharks will be coming to town for a nubble, another doubleheader. They uh, played St. Louis tough early in the year, really. I mean, they lost 5-4, to four and they won in the shootout. So uh, maybe two of their, their overall better efforts. Um, but it's not going to be easy. This stretch of games here is just brutal dude st louis st louis minnesota vegas st louis colorado colorado vegas vegas st louis yeah like that's what they've got for the next three weeks oh man that's brutal
1: that's pretty nasty i mean minnesota is technically behind the sharks as of this time of recording but they played two fewer games and are only one point behind uh so Probably in terms of points per game, the Sharks are still in last place uh, in the West. So yeah, you're talking about all games against the top three teams in the division for the next three weeks. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't, uh, that doesn't sound like a good recipe, although maybe, who knows, you find a period of extreme adversity and you find a way uh, to man up or you find a way to find a little something extra. You know, maybe they'll... You know the the second the Vegas rematch will light a fire, or they'll find something to go here. I don't know, I don't know. But you're right the the trajectory is not great when you're barely beating you know Anaheim, uh, which is not a very good team, and you lose badly to L. A., which is arguably a worse team. Uh, <laughs> it God, really- no! I uh,
0: th- this this could get. Uh, we could see the Sharks come back with some fight here in the next couple weeks, or this could get ugly, ugly, yeah. really quick, right? It could get ugly really quick, where right now the Sharks are, you know, I mean, they're they're three points behind Arizona for that final playoff spot. It's within striking distance. They've only played two home games. Like, I mean, like, you know, it's all... You know, you could go down and make a list of why the Sharks still might be able to get that fourth spot. And I think you could probably convince me. You could probably convince uh, almost anybody that, you know, they certainly have not played their best hockey yet and are capable of more. But when you look at their schedule coming up here, and you also look at their goal differential, which is like a you know watching watching the shining for 24 hours straight. I mean, like it's really it is red rum. I mean, like yeah. it is bad. Uh, and when the sharks the sharks don't show up, I mean they get house. You know they just get house. It's not Vancouver bad. I mean Vancouver. Do, I'm sorry, not Vancouver. Vancouver. Uh, Vancouver's, Ottawa, Vancouver's uh,
1: bad though. Vancouver uh, is
0: bad. Vancouver is bad, but Ottawa is a minus thirty yeah. goal differential. I mean, we're not quite at that point yet, but it's not good. So, I mean, when you you look ahead here, dude, like what what are realistic goals here? Like, what should we be looking for? What would make you happy in the next two games? Because four points is not realistic.
1: Yeah, more than more than two points in the next month, I think, would be realistic. Wow, dude, that's a terrible goal. <laughs> No, I mean, it's I, I think you just got to look for some splits. You can see if you can get some splits against some of these good teams. You take them series by series. Okay, let's see if we can grab one. You know, it's like in the playoffs, you play the first two games on the road. Let's see if we can get one of the two games on the road. It's, it's like that. It's like, I know the Sharks are playing a lot of home games. As you said, they've only played two home games so far this season. So the rest of their season, the shortened season, is going to be very heavy at the tank. Maybe they can uh, buoy that and use some home ice advantage without the fans, admittedly, um, to gain a couple of wins against really tough opposition. But, you know, that's that's going to be a tall order. So these teams are good. <laughs> these teams are pretty good.
0: Yeah, I, I think that that is a reasonable uh, recipe there, dude. You know, I think the Sharks need to take it moment by moment. They need to, you know, I mean... Uh, what am I looking at here? What what happened here? Oh, okay. Here we are. I don't know why uh, I'm looking at the schedule. It looked a little off, uh, you know, going to St. Louis is saying, let's, let's get two points here. Let's get two points. And then you, you know, when Colorado comes to town, say, let's try and get, let's get two points again. Right. I mean, like let, let's, let let's keep. And I think the other thing that they, if, if they can continue to just sort of grind away And in that, try and find any sort of uh, consistent uh, work ethic and uh, accountability for each other, like, on the ice. Like, this is—Bugner's finally said it. And, like, it it shouldn't have to be said. But clearly, they don't have that—you know, I mean, it's not—again— Logan Couture has been a great player for this franchise and I like Logan Couture as a player. I just don't know. Like, I don't know that, that this is the Logan Couture era so far has been pretty disappointing. (laughs) Like in terms of his captaincy and he doesn't bear all the blame, right?
1: He's the best player on the ice for the sharks this year.
0: Oh, I mean, it's, it has nothing to do with his on ice performance. It's, the ability to galvanize this team to be a team and that has not happened yep and maybe it's not possible given the possible disconnect dude i sent you this was almost 2 years ago but i sent you a video that was uh, was put on i think bleacher report of uh eric carlson trying to give people high fives on the sharks bench two years ago when Justin Braun was I remember, on, yeah, I saw and that, yeah. on the team and they both, they didn't even look at him <laughs> and he had his glove out. He's like, Hey, you know, oh, and they man. didn't even look at him. And I mean, and I guess you could say, well, maybe, you know, they were looking straight ahead. Maybe they were watching the game.
1: Right. Yeah. yeah.
0: But it, it didn't, the headline on the article is like sharks players already hate Eric Carlson. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I'm going to say this dude is that uh, I'm, I'm, uh, I did some digging while I was waiting for my car at the dealership and there was an interview when Bob Bugner was the head coach of the Florida Panthers where he was working with Mike Hoffman and he came out and said something to the effect of he didn't believe half of the stuff that's been said about that situation. Wow. Dang. So I don't. I don't know how that doesn't carry over here. Like, I mean, like, and that there isn't, there's no way Carlson doesn't know that Bugner said that. Yeah,
1: yeah, there's no way. And there
0: doesn't, and there's no way that if Bugner feels that way, that there aren't other people who maybe feel that way too.
1: Or that doesn't somehow... Uh, internally, subconsciously poison that relationship to some degree. I mean,
0: I don't know. I mean, it's just so interesting, right? And maybe it's blown out of proportion and maybe it's a nothing burger, right? But I just thought that those two things that I found, it kind of made me go, hmm, (laughs) as to why there might be some challenges going on right now in the organization. So anyways, dude, uh, we've cut. Two games here against St. Louis that you just hope that you see the Sharks team respond positively. And if Eric Carlson is back, you hope that he plays well. Right. Because we need him to play well.
1: That's right. We definitely do. We have, uh, um, you know, Kevin LeBanc, Ryan Donato, and Timo Meyer all have more points than Eric Carlson right now. And he's tied with Matt Nieto on the team in points.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, there's it's it's unacceptable. <laughs> it's unacceptable. Yeah. So hopefully, um, he is feeling better and has some had some time to reflect and can rise up to the challenge.
1: Well, dude, we need to remember that every new game is an opportunity for the Sharks to go on a good streak. That's true, right?
0: Yes. It, it could start
1: yes. tomorrow.
0: That's right. For a team that has not won two in a row yet this year, (laughs) um, you could only go up. That's right.
1: (laughs) And this is me trying to keep a straight face. Nice. All right, dude. Go Sharks. Go Sharks. Hate the show? Want to get your questions on the air? Email questions at dudesonhockey.com. Dudes on Hockey
0: is not affiliated with the San Jose Sharks organization or the National Hockey League.